you going to respond? How are you going to respond to this new adventure? And that's where you're feeling right now. It's that new sense of charting a new path and having a new direction. And we say these words, and I, I wanted to kind of explain, but, you know, the pull of Babylon uh, is often a phrase that you hear in Christianity or Christendom, meaning the pull of the world is intensified. And so how do I stay on track when all of a sudden I'm now sprung free? I'm loose, I'm footloose, fancy free, as, as the saying would go. That moment when, you know, maybe, uh, sure, uh, I've had to go to church because mom and dad uh, kind of made me. I've had to be there because, uh, well, uh, that was what was expected. And I sort of did it. But now, all of a sudden, you know, mom and dad are not there to shape my thinking. And they're not there to correct my thinking when it's off track or when I'm uh, sort of, you know, <clears throat> I'm now sort of on my own. And as a graduate, I have finished a course of study and it becomes then sort of my responsibility to decide, well, what will I do with my life and my direction? And I know they say, uh, according to uh, the law, that you're not supposed to drink uh, until you're 21 and you're not supposed to do uh, certain uh, uh, things, substance use, certain substances, et cetera, et cetera. But we're living in a society that is now sort of, we just sort of nod our head at that. Well, they're in college, they're an adult, and we just sort of, it's okay. They can do what they want and they're able to go off. And nobody really uh, challenges that a whole lot because it's sort of the pull of Babylon. And we're not the only ones in that. From what I understand, uh, even the Amish community goes through a point where they allow their young folks to sort of spread their wings for a year or do what they want to do. And we hope that it doesn't get too overwhelming on them. And we see what Babylon. And I know when we say Babylon, most of us think of sort of the hanging gardens of Babylon and what was there in uh, the beautiful hanging gardens that Nebuchadnezzar had. And it was one of the wonders of the world, the hanging gardens of Babylon. But if you really look, and I, I don't know if you can see, but Babylon is over in this area uh, of the map. And that's uh, the Persian Gulf. Uh, that is uh, now the countries of uh, Iran, Iraq, and that area. And Israel, of course, is over here on the Mediterranean Sea. This was commonly known as the Fertile Crescent. And Babylon was in this, as I said, in this area. In fact, uh, there is uh, Babylonia or Babylon was um, one of uh, Iraqi freedom that thrust to throw Saddam Hussein out of power. And of course, we now know there are more and more of a proliferation of uh, nuclear arms and how are we going to uh, deal with this country is entering in on the world stage. We can say, well, it doesn't matter. That's the Bible 
days and that's a long time past. Unfortunately, it's still relevant today. And this part of the world is still a tinderbox today. And of course, we know Israel is here and uh, this area uh, is where uh, we now see present-day Israel and Palestine and they're in conflict. And of course, Syria and Jordan, all influenced by arms. And uh, Brother Philip, you were down in here, I think, somewhere for a while in Saudi uh, Arabia and uh, that area. Of course, here's Egypt and goes on down into Africa. For those of you who kind of are looking, getting your geography back uh, sort of uh, to remember. The, the first real notice of Babylon, though, in, in Bible history, and I don't want to spend an inordinate amount of time in Bible history, but really comes when Noah, and we know the story of Noah and the flood, and 2,000 years after Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and all of those things, that they were very, very wicked and in that hour. And finally, the Lord calls Noah out and uh, his family and builds an ark, and by faith, he does all of that, and, and there's a flood, and everything is destroyed. And that was the destruction of the human race, if you will. And of course, we know from there, the Lord told Noah, I want you to, you know, spread out. I want you to go forth and multiply and, and, uh, and, and spread out. And the Bible identifies a man by the name of Nimrod. He's also listed in 1 Chronicles, the first chapter, as a mighty hunter. He is listed in the book of Genesis. A man by the name of Nimrod uh, begins to organize people. And he begins to build a tower. Remember, anybody remember the Tower of Babel? later becomes the seat of Babylon, later becomes that tower, becomes the, the bones structure for the hanging gardens of Babylon is, that was built on the tower of Babel. Nimrod uh, begins in direct rebellion. The Bible says he was a great hunter, but he went in direct rebellion against God's orders because he decided, let's get together and let's build a tower. Why a tower? Why build mounds? We live in a mound city, and I know, you know, mounds are used in spiritual sense, and uh, we don't know what all the mounds are, but Nimrod is... The Bible is clear about what Nimrod thought. He thought, he had heard these stories of the flood, he had seen the devastation, he saw high water marks. You can drive down to Newark, down here, and there's a totem pole down by the skate city, and it has a mark on it that says, this is this high in the flood of whatever it was, whatever year, 78 or whatever it is, down there by the river. Anybody know where I'm talking about? few of you. And so <clears throat> here he said, you know what we can do? We do not have to allow ourselves to ever be judged by God again. We can avoid judgment. What we will do is get together and build a tower. 
that will reach into the heavens and we will be able to escape any sense of destruction. God can't judge us. We can live like we want and anytime the rains fall, guess what we'll do? Climb the tower. We'll escape judgment. I don't have to worry. It's not going to happen to us. It's not going to be us. And so Nimrod began this systematic organization of avoiding what God wanted them to do. And it was so powerful that the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord looked down and he saw that they spoke one language, they had one mind, they were in one mind and one accord, that he said, I need to step in and disrupt Nimrod. And so he, what did he do? Does anybody remember? They went to work one day on the building, on the tower, and someone looked at the other one and said, let me out. <laughs> that one said, And then this one said, Huh? And they begin to babble. And it was like, I don't understand them and they don't understand me and so we can't be in harmony. Because we're now unable to communicate. They didn't have Google Translate. <laughs> and yet, what we are seeing, ironically, is when the Lord poured out the Holy Ghost, what happened on the day of Pentecost? They could all of a sudden hear them glorifying God and so the Lord was bringing one language back so that even though we may not understand totally what everybody else is going through, we experience the Holy Ghost the same and the Spirit of the Lord the same and they feel like family and brothers and sisters and they may not even live in this country. May, anybody know? You know what I'm talking about. And so... Babel was that place where they started then, it's kind of known as being the birthplace of astrology and the Sumerian gods and the queen of heaven and Tammuz and a, a queen, a god that weeps for her, her child and, and there's all kinds of stuff that you can read historically and I don't... I'm not going to talk about Babylon to the extent of giving you all the history, but it is considered the birthplace of all the idol worship and all the gods and all the queen of heaven theology and all of those things began in Babylon under Nimrod. And so then, of course, later it was just about 10 years after the death of Nimrod, guess what the Lord did? He spoke to a family that lived there in the Ur of Chaldees, in that area of Mesopotamia. And he said to Terah, he had spoken, he said, I want you to what? Come out, leave these people. I want you to leave here. 
into a land that I will show you. Of course, Terah left, and then later Abraham, he spoke to Abram, and Abram left. And Abram was just, you know, 10 years. It wasn't very long from Nimrod to Abram. A lot of times we read that as if there's thousands of years that have passed. But Nimrod had lived a long time, even after the flood. And so it was only about a decade. And so Abram left. And he was told to leave. Leave that system. And I want you to seek a city whose builder and maker is God. And Abram left. And he had a brother, and his brother probably built a city. And so now it was like building these cities and organizing towns. And I, I'm thankful for towns, thankful for Newark and Heath and Columbus and all the cities. But if you're not, it became that they were organizing these cities around false worship and false gods. And Babylon was the center of all of that. And so Abram was told to leave. And so, you know, here was now the people of God, Abram, and then Isaac and Jacob, and Jacob and them, they end up going into captivity, and they come back to the land of Israel, and they're, you know, so many hundreds of miles away is Babylon, and they're not influenced, but the people of that land have been influenced by their gods, the Canaanites, and so forth. And when Israel sins and does wrong, where does it end up that Israel goes into captivity to? The Lord uses Assyria and Babylon to come and capture Israel. And he brings them into captivity. Now, why is that, why is that important? Because the story of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys that went to the fiery furnace. All of those young stories of young men happened in what country? Babylon, where this hanging garden was. And so you see, here were these people in captivity, and yet there, there were children of Israel that were in the system, but they were not of the system. Even in Babylon captivity, Babylonian captivity, Daniel would get up three times a day, open up his window, and pray. Three Hebrew boys faced with certain death, if you don't bow down, would say, I'm sorry, we're not going to bend, we're not going to bow. And they ended up not burning. And as graduates that are being thrown, and I know you've been in high school and college, and you're thrown out into the Babylonian empire, if you will, you're going to have to make a decision. Do I immerse myself in this system, or do I keep my roots? Think about it, yes. That I'm sorry, this world is not my home. I'm from a city whose builder and maker is God. Oh, I live in Newark. I live in Heath. I live in Kansas. I live. But you know what? 
Really? My world, my passport is stamped. I'm not living here. I'm living here temporarily. My home is already established. One of these days I'm going back home. And when you begin to read, and I studied with Hyphen and some of these uh, that were here went to our Hyphen Bible study and they can remember the, these that are graduates and uh, they can remember how that when you read that actually the children of Israel after only 70 years had become so uh, immersed in Babylon that they never left Babylon, that they didn't feel like even leaving Babylon. The prophets had to kind of get on to them and say, come on, depart, get up out of here, leave. But not only that, that was just after basically one generation almost. And if you look at it, you know, when you read through the book of Revelation and John writes, what does he say? Mystery Babylon. A system of the world that is going to finally ultimately be defeated. And that when you read the Revelation, what we're looking at now is that it Babylon as a word reflects, if you will, a world system that is under control of the enemy and is ultimately defeated before the day of the Lord. And that's all covered in Babylon. In fact, Revelation, the 12th chapter and the 12th verse says, The devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knows that his time is short. This is the very thing that Daniel had prophesied back in the seventh chapter of the book of Daniel when he said, and the ten horns out of this kingdom are the ten kings that shall arise and shall rise, another shall rise after them and shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. Have you ever felt like wearing out the saints of the Most High? And now with Google Translate, the false, where, you know, I can just type in in my language and somebody across the world and it's electronic. We're becoming one nation, one kingdom. Something happens on the other side of the planet and you say, well, Maybe we can study it electronically. Well, let me just tell you, not only electronically, we're here in the throes of, of a virus that started on the other side of the world. And he said, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times, and this is talking about three and a half years and the dividing of time, but the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and 
all dominion shall serve and obey him. What are you saying? I'm here to tell you no matter how powerful the world system looks and no matter how powerful Babylon looks, it is all eventually going to come to naught and the kingdom of the Lord is going to reign supreme and superior. It may look like, oh, well, you know, the world system who can do anything? I, I know it was Utah, but uh, this past weekend in the state of Utah, maybe y'all read about it, the governor of Utah said, could we have a weekend of prayer and fasting because we're in a severe drought? I don't know. I understand. I understand. You, you, whatever you want to say. But I think what we're going to see is people are going to realize, you know what? Babylon hasn't had the answers. Science hasn't had the answers. I don't understand where, well, what, what, what is my hope going to be in? What is my hope in this world system? It's not in Babylon. My hope is one day a part of an eternal kingdom where there's going to be everlasting kingdom. That's what Revelation ends up by saying. After these things I saw an angel come down from heaven having great power and the earth was lighted with his glory and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying Babylon the great is fallen is fallen and become a habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and cage of every unclean and hateful birds for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies and I heard another voice from heaven saying come out of her come out of her my people that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not her plagues for her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities don't think that God doesn't know exactly where you are in this system and you can maintain your integrity and pray three times a day and read your Bible and go to church and live for God regardless of the system you're in. I don't care what everybody else in college is doing. I don't care what everybody else says is okay. I don't care what everybody else is doing. You can say like Daniel, I'm going to open my window. As for me and my house, as for me and me, I'm going to live for God. You say, well, you know, but everybody else. That's why Paul would write in the New Testament, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of this darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. What a privilege! To know what we have and yet we we realize we have been redeemed we've been set free you felt the presence and power of God all of these graduates that are graduating have been in enough services that you know what it is to feel the Holy Ghost that's something Daniel never really even felt Daniel never felt the Holy Ghost he never felt talking in tongues shouting in the spirit he never felt 
the Spirit of the Lord move in and raise his hands. He was a prince, but yet he was, he was not permitted to go into the sanctuary and the Holy of Holies. He was not a high priest. He was just a young man. Our graduates have already felt more yes. of God than Daniel felt. And yet there was a level of integrity. I'm in Babylon, but I'm not going to be of Babylon. I'm living here among the Tower of Babel, a big, tall mountain, but I'm going to leave it and seek for a city. I'm going to look for something that God's made. And I, I understand. I, I, I get it. It's, we're living in a, in a world that is in love with themselves. And one of the things that you have to do if you're going to avoid babbling is you've got to ask yourself every day, what do I love? And let me ask these graduates, what do you love? Paul said in the last days that there would be men that would be lovers of money. There would be men that would be lovers of pleasure, lovers of self. In fact, Demas left him because he loved the world. So you've got to make up your mind where your heart is. That's why Jesus said, Many shall be offended and shall betray one another and hate one another. Anybody felt that spirit? They said there's like a 300% increase of people getting mad on airplanes. I don't want to wear a mask. I want to get off the plane. I don't like this. I don't like that. Huh? We ought to be so grateful to see people. And yet, we're so ready to be offended. Jesus said, many shall be offended, hate one another. Many false prophets shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And so here these graduates have to decide every day, what do I love? As Jesus told them in Matthew, shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In Mark, it was read as love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Luke said, heart, soul, strength, mind, and your neighbor as yourself. We're seeing... A world that has very little love for each other. Huh? And I'm mad and I got to fight and this one fights and then somebody else says, well, I can't believe you, that, that, that's terrible. Huh? I want to tell you something. This Babylonian system that is so wonderful, there's no real love in it. It's not based on love. It's based on a system of money and greed and power and the ones that are in power, huh? And all of a sudden, I, 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 that's why, oh, running back into the presence of the Lord. John said it like this, I write unto you young men, of course our young graduates, because you're strong and the word of God abides in you. And you've overcome the wicked one. And then he said, 
Make sure you don't love the world, neither the things of the world. For if the love of the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And what is of the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passes away, and the lusts thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. I want these graduates to know you're going to have to be strong in this hour. You're going to have to stay full of the Word of God. If you've ever read the Word of God systematically, you need to start reading it. You say, well, I don't like to read. Then play it on your iPhone. Get the Word of God into your heart. Because you're going to have to overcome this world system. If you're not careful, it will erode and eat at you. And before long, you're going to get caught up in the love of money, the love of pleasure, the love of having a good time. I want to escape. Fantasy. Huh? Because you say, well, I can't be deceived. I'm unfortunately... Revelation says the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent, the devil, Satan, which deceives the whole world. Anything that will take your mind and attention away from studying the Word, hearing the Word, loving the Word, loving the house of the Lord, being in the house of... You say, well, are you saying that this is wrong or sin or evil? I'm telling you the children of Israel had to be told a time and time again, it's time for you to leave Babel, time for you to leave Babel. And if they couldn't do it physically, how do I shut off mentally? Oh, Lord, I pray... Wow, look at that. Oh, Jesus, oh, help us, Lord. Oh, Lord, I, I just haven't had time to read my Bible. Oh, God, oh. Can you believe that? Here, send me that video. Oh, look at this. Amen. We're in that kind of a system. You say, oh. <laughs> and no marvel for Satan himself transformed into an angel of light. Paul wrote in Thessalonians, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan and all power and signs and lying and wonders with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not a love for. So graduates, I'm admonishing you. Fall in love with the word of God. Fall in love with the Bible. You say, well, I don't have it. Well, play it. Get it on a version. Read a version. If you don't like Amplified, read the message. If you don't like the message, read the NIV. You say, well, is it as good as the King James? I'm not. But you've got to get some kind of word in your heart and mind and you got to start ingesting the word of God because if you're not careful you become as faithless as if I were to marry a young couple and I say ma'am do you promise to love honor cherish obey on Sunday morning Think about it. Yeah. 
Sir, do you promise to be faithful, kind, considerate Sunday morning? You've been having to go to school for six, seven, eight hours a day, being filled with the, you're fixing to work eight hours a day, being filled with all the, do I have time to take 10 minutes and talk to the Lord and pray? Well, mom and dad, you know, now we pray at bedtime and when you were little maybe they said you know now I lay me down to sleep that was all you can handle you're not supposed to be praying that kind of a prayer at 18 hopefully we've grown past now I lay me down to sleep and then I realize I need to talk to the Lord. I need to connect with the Lord. Why? Because if I'm not careful, this system, I want to fall in love with the Lord. I want to fall in love. Why? Because how serious this is. James said it like this. Don't you realize that friendship of the world is an enemy of God? And whosoever is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. That's how serious it was. In fact, in Acts the seventh chapter, when Stephen got stoned and he was preaching, he said, the glory of God appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. And he said, get thee out of your country and from your kindred. Come into a land that I will show thee. And Hebrews says, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, I'm here to tell you that if you've ever been baptized in Jesus' name, repented of your sins, and filled with the Holy Ghost, the Lord has called you not to be a part of this world system, but to be a child of the King and to be an ambassador of light in this hour we're living in. Will I follow the Lord? That's what the question, not knowing he obeyed, not knowing whether he went. And I don't know, but will I follow the Lord? Will I obey the Lord? Will I separate myself by faith? Will I live my life differently? That's the question. What's sad, and I... I We'll, we'll stop. I, I see my time. I apologize. Going past. We, singers come. Musicians. I'll start here tonight. And I thank you for graduates for coming. And this is for all of us. But <clears throat> I, Abram was called to go out. And he obeyed, not knowing. Abram's nephew, Lot. Anybody remember Lot? Uncle Abe said he had talked to God and that the Lord wanted him to go out into a city, find a city whose builder and maker was God. What do you think? Is Uncle Abe really? Look, there's a beautiful city right here. 
beautiful tower. Why, why are you going to walk through the desert and find, are you kidding me? I don't know if Abe, Abram had 10 nephews, 20 nephews. I don't know what he had in family, but one nephew by the name of Lot said, I believe him. He became a believer. God never spoke to Lot. God never talked to Lot that we know of. But Lot, just because it was family. Uncle Abe believes. <laughs> Uncle Abe's heard from God. I'll join Uncle Abe. And he walked with Uncle Abe as a believer. Across the Fertile Crescent, hundreds of miles down into what is present day Israel. Just because Uncle Abe, all the time, Lot began to make money and he got married and had cattle. But it never became personal to Lot. Uncle Abe believed. I kind of believe Uncle Abe. If Uncle Abe said it, I'm going to do it. But you know the story. Those of you that know the Bible, what happened to Lot. When he got there, he started looking and there started being a little conflict and somebody got mad and one servant got mad at the other and one complained because his goats and sheep were eating the grass. And So something personal happened. And rather than him humbling himself and saying, Abram, Uncle Abe, God's never talked to me. But I just believe you. I'm willing. I'm willing to just follow you wherever you want to go. I'm willing to be with you. What does the Bible say that Lot began to do? He started looking out for himself now. And he saw the well-watered plains of around Sodom, huh? So he pitched his tent that way. Remember the story? We can spend a lot of time talking about it tonight. The sad thing about that story is the end of the story when Lot basically is saved because of Uncle Abe. Doesn't happen just once, but it happens multiple times. He gets captured by some kings. Uncle Abe comes down and gets him free. This, that happens, but it never became personal. And that's why I'm encouraging all the graduates and even all these that are not yet graduates. This has got to become real to you. This is not the God of CAC, the God of my parents, the God of my grandparents, but it's got to be my God, my relationship with God. Oh, but my family has always, I want to tell you, Babylon is so powerful. 
that if it is not personal the system begins to pull you in and before long you read it very carefully stand up when the angel finally comes to deliver him the fire's fixing to fall we gotta go 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 we gotta look it's gonna happen at dawn we gotta go we gotta the Bible says Lot hesitated and finally the angel had to grab him by the hand he wouldn't even couldn't even see his own impending doom when an angel from the Lord was standing there I want to tell you something he's got to have it can't be on mom and dad grandma and grandpa he's got to recognize I feel the presence of God I need to move I need to raise my hands regardless of what anybody else is doing I don't need somebody to grab my hands and say you need to pray you need to come you need to fast I want these young folks to say it's personal I feel it I need it I want it let's stand hallelujah